Hello, welcome to Moments of Assurance Weekend here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Send me a tweet at RevHawk or an email at mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org or call me toll-free at 800-248-1930, 800-248-1930, extension 1520. Some thoughts about the parable of the sower will be coming up momentarily. You know, eternal life is serious business. The message that Jesus died on the cross and rose again must be taken with the utmost seriousness. It's a life and death deal for you and me when it comes to the God-man of Calvary. Jesus once said, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. The scripture has said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not shall be damned. Ouch. You know, eternal life, namely the uh, gospel, could not possibly be more serious than it is. Very serious. So in the Gospel of Mark comes this simple little parable to demonstrate that seriousness. And it came to pass in the sowing, one part fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And another part fell on the rock soil where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up on account of not having depth of earth. And when the sun was risen, it was scorched. And on account of not having root, it was dried up. And another part fell into the thorns. And the thorns came up and choked it. And it did not give fruit. Okay, so here's a patch to be seeded. It's not an extensive area. It's unfenced. So the sower goes out and sows. Some falls among the path. Birds of the air, they come, ate it up. And according to R.C.H. Lenski, much of Palestine is rocky elevation so that any tilled space just might contain various spots where the underlying rock comes close to the surface. And the seed, indeed, it'll sprout quickly just because the warmth of the underlying rock comes through the film of soil and then the hot sun burns the young growth and withers it before it has a chance to get sufficient root. And then there are other spots in the patch that are infested with thorns. Their roots escape the plow and soon shoot up new growth, amid which the grain is soon choked because it's not able to maintain itself. Verse 8 of Mark chapter 4 states, And other parts fell into excellent earth and went on to yield fruit, going up and increasing, and went on to bring up to 30, up to 60, and up to 100. And he went on to say, he who has ears to hear, let him be hearing. The implication is that this simple narrative about the fate of the seed, well, it has a hidden meaning. And that if one applies his ears aright, he's going to find that meaning. Whereas if one has no ears, if his ears refuse to function aright, he will only be mystified. Well, your ears and mine this blessed morning, this weekend morning today, are in the on position by faith in Jesus Christ. And the Lord gives you that faith through his word. And that's why this morning you're going to be able to understand this parable. Verses 11 and 12 are sobering. This is what the text says. And he went on to say to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, all things come in parables, in order that looking, they may be looking and not see, and hearing, they may be hearing and not understand. 
Okay. <laughs> so what indeed is this mystery anyway? Well, it's defined as the sum total of all the realities involved concerning God's divine rule of grace through Christ, through the forgiveness of sins here on this earth, and how he takes care of you, how he takes care of his church, and then also how he's going to take care of you in heaven, what you have to look forward to in heaven, the whole nine yards. It's a mystery. All of that is a mystery to the world because by their own nature and ability, people are wholly unable to discover or to know any part of it. If a person is to be enlightened in regard to this mystery, it must be done by means of a divine gift. Yeah, that, that simply means divine revelation through the word plus faith, which receives that revelation. Jesus tells his disciples, both the twelve and others, that to them the mystery has been given and implies that it has not been given to those outside, namely the unbelieving Pharisees and the multitude. So what's the difference between the disciples and those outside? Well, it's no unwillingness on the part of God to bestow the gift, but only the unwillingness of so many to receive God's gift of grace and mercy in Jesus Christ. Please understand God's original purpose, which is that we should actually, uh, well, we should actually see and understand, and that by this means we should be converted and obtain the remission of our sins and everlasting life. But when all his grace turns out to be in vain, his judicial purpose then is to block actual seeing and understanding, lest conversion and remission of sins be the result. Looks like the sin against the Holy Spirit here. Indeed, unbelief. So here's the interpretation of the parable as taught by Jesus himself in verse 14. The sower sows the word. These are they along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word that's been sown into them. So very simply, the seed is the word of God. It's sown by the preaching and teaching of the sower, namely Jesus, and that would include today all preachers and teachers of the word. And the purpose of the sowing is to get the word into people's hearts. Notice the text says, when they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word before they really hear it. Satan is at ease. He doesn't have to worry. But once a person has heard the word, he goes into action. The devil, that is. So this is what happens. Satan, moved by his inordinate wickedness and opposition to God, snatches the sown word away from these people. So ask yourself today, are you this kind of soil? Am I? The birds represent Satan in his different ways of snatching the word away. At one time, he tells a person that the word which disturbs his conscience is a mere exaggeration. Sin really isn't so deadly. God cannot possibly have wrath. How can a loving God have wrath? At another time, the devil tells that same person that the word is so uncertain that there's no uncontested fact in it. And so the devious temptations are there to get the person to get away from the word that they might be damned instead of be saved. Prayerfully, you are not this kind of soil today. And what about the next group? The scripture says, and these likewise are they that are being sown on the rocky soil, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. 
the moment they hear it. Why, they're delighted. This is what they've been waiting for. They sing praises to God about it. But this is what happens. The seed on the rock soil springs up more quickly than that on the good soil. But there's something wrong from the start. They don't have root in themselves, meaning depth of ground on which the root can form. They get the seed or word, but no root by which the word could remain and bear fruit. So hence, they're temporary believers or time believers for a short time only. They believe. But then tribulations and afflictions come, and the trouble begins for all who lack good, healthy roots in the soil of their hearts. The text says they are caught, meaning they are scandalized, offended by what is happening to them in their tribulation. They don't recognize the purpose of the affliction in the first place, which is to bring them closer and closer to the Lord. So he is first place. So instead of turning toward the Lord for help, they turn away from him. Well, how about you today? Are you turning toward or away from the Lord? Are you on rocky soil even right now? The next category of hearers comes in verse 18. And others are sown into the thorns. These are the ones having heard the word and the worries of this age and the deceit of wealth and the lusts concerning the remaining things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. This group actually did hear the word. So basically what happens here is that the seed is received into hearts in which the sprouting runners of thorny growths are hidden. And these always shoot up thick and strong, far faster, far higher than the grass-like wheat or barley, thus smothering the good grain. This is the category of hearers that's choked off and smothered from the word by this world and everything in it. Riches, honor, glory, fame, all these things are more important and are regarded first before the word. And so the word doesn't produce root. Its spiritual oxygen is tied off by all these other things that life down here on this earth has to offer. So how about you today, this morning? Are you being in any way choked off by all this world has to offer? That's the question. Ah, now, but those that were sown on the good soil, the good soil, yeah, the ones who hear the word and receive it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. You know, the inability of the various soils previously mentioned to produce for the Lord, that still happens today. 2,000 years has not changed man's basic nature. Fortunately, by God's grace and mercy, there are still those who receive the word in good faith and produce richly, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold they produce. Not for merit to get into heaven, Jesus is the total merit. He took all your sins upon himself on Calvary's cross. And the scriptures record that he rose from the dead on the third day. The Holy Spirit working through the word and the blessed sacraments produce 
the good soil that you need, and so do I, to receive Jesus, the sower, and what he has to sow in your heart today, and what he has to produce for you in your heart as you produce back to him. You know, he's returning, and it could even be today. May he find you and me busily engaged in producing 30, 60, and even 100-fold for him who has already produced himself. Yeah, God produced himself for you to hang on a tree called Calvary to die for you in your place by his grace. The Apostle Paul once wrote, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Another word for richly is deeply. Then you're in the good soil. And when worldly cares and when riches attempt to choke off the word in you, guess what? Such an attempt is going to prove unsuccessful because the word has already been planted in you deeply. Indeed, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Appreciate you being along here for the broadcast today on Moments of Assurance. Uh, don't forget to send me a tweet. I love to get tweets at Rev Hawk. And my email address is mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. God's richest blessings as you consider his sacrifice for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a wonderful week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Moments of Assurance, produced by Worldwide KFUO. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid-American Coaches, mid-americancoaches.net. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518, or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Moments of Assurance on Worldwide KFUO.